Sherry. Hi, good morning. Good morning. It's good to see you. You too. Here we are again. Here we are. It's another Friday morning. Yeah. It's an every other Friday, which means we get to hang out. We get to hang out and see what we uh, come up with, see what we decide to talk about, right? See what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So what's going on in your world? Well, I have a funny story to share about okay. my hearing from this week, which is... Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry was mid-sip of tea yeah. <laughs> and interrupted that sip of tea. With fantastic. To I want to say hear fantastic. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, great. And my cat is joining us, which may make for <laughs> some interesting sound effects that I won't notice. So please tell me. I will tell you. Her favorite thing is to chew on the on the microphone cord. That must be the best tasting cord or the texture or something. Yeah, it must be. You know, forget about toys. Let's go for the yeah electrical cords. <laughs> I know it's so much more fun. Um, I was on a Zoom call this week mm-hmm. with somebody, and it was the end of actually a day of many Zoom calls. And the very last Zoom call I had that day, the person was like, "What's beeping?" and I was like oh no something's been beeping probably all day and why is this the first person who's telling me that oh no way yeah and so I was like I don't hear beeping and say anything about it in that context but like oh I'm gonna figure that out later yeah so afterwards I it was nighttime when I tried to figure it out I was assuming it must have a smoke detector with a low battery oh (laughs) Yeah, but I couldn't hear the beeping. So, <laughs> how do you search for a beep that you can't hear? No, I, yeah, therein was the dilemma. So I was changing the smoke detector batteries, which I don't have a ladder. I know I need to get a ladder, but I was like standing on my furniture, like getting the smoke detectors down, and I was putting it like right next to my ear to see if it was beeping. And I was like, well, the tinnitus is really loud. And sometimes it's like extra loud. So maybe the extra loud part is beeping. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then eventually I asked, my dad lives near me. So I asked if he would come over. And then in retrospect, that was not the best choice because, you know, my hearing loss might be genetic. (laughs) (laughs) So he came over (laughs) in between the two of us. We're like... (laughs) putting our heads on all the walls and like <laughs> putting our heads like <laughs> it's like it, we, he was there for two hours I had already spent like all night the night before trying to figure out how to do this like is it beeping is it not beeping is it beeping is it not beeping and how then it was know? it was keeping me up anyway even though I don't hear it so I was like something is probably happening <laughs> <laughs> there's probably something bad happening it's probably an alarm or something. <laughs> eventually, my dad calls his electrician friend and he's oh like, Oh my gosh. I think the smoke detector is beeping, but we can't get it to stop. And the electrician, like, we're taking the wires out. <laughs> <laughs> if those things are beeping, it's hard to get them to stop. It's hard to get it to stop anyway. But then eventually, my dad figured out it was a. The carbon monoxide detector thing that's plugged into the wall that needed new batteries or something. But it took like a good day and a half, like straight. <laughs> to figure out what is beeping. Yeah. And I still, don't, I mean, I kind of tell that something was happening, but I'm still like, I guess. But uh, uh, 
Thankfully, somebody told you something was beeping. I know. So will, will you please tell me if you've noticed something beeping? Oh, I would. Oh, I would <laughs> right away. Oh, Thank yeah. you. If Thank I hear you. anything, I tell you. Thank you. Because I would want you to tell me if I had like a big piece of black stuck on my face or something. Okay. No, you look fabulous. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. That's and I mentioned sweet. already before we started, but that's a really cute shirt. Little well, star. It has a little stars on it. Yeah. yeah. Kind of a uh, 4th of July Independence Day theme, I guess, still going, mm-hmm. which was uh, over for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking well, it through the whole month. <laughs> time is relative. Yeah, I don't. I'm not good with time. That's how I'm doing. That's what I'm up to. It sounds like an, uh, an adventure. <laughs> it was an adventure. Yeah, more of an adventure than than you would maybe choose for it to be, but that's fine. Well, I guess when we were talking about, at some point in time, we were talking about deaf gain. I mean, really. Oh, deaf gain. Yeah. Can't hear annoying beep. But, but, you know, in this kind of situation... You need to know if your carbon monoxide thing is beeping. I know. So it's like, oh, it's a death game. So this is the So thing. you're going to have to get one that flashes, right? Oh, I guess so. <laughs> like, That's so annoying. Oh my God. No, I was going to have to be like a person with hard of hearing. I don't yeah. want to do that. <laughs> I need to get smoking. I mean, smoking. I need to get flashing. <laughs> Smoke. De- I guess smoking smoke detectors would get my attention. You would smell it. I need to get flashing things. That's yeah. true. That's actually, I was, audiologist told me, you can get them for free. Well, there you go. I just need to do it. For me, I still struggle with, well, I don't, I don't need something. I don't need help with that. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, hey, I'm fine. I don't need like, I don't need anything. Like you can put little sticker dots on things for when you're visually impaired so that you can use your fingers to feel. Uh, So So it's like like different from Braille, it's just dots. Yeah, like they're just little elevated dots. Uh So like on the microwave, I'd put a little dot on, like I memorize things. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, and so I know, oh, this one, the dot's on the start button, so the end button is right below it or you know just different things like that yeah i'm very reluctant to do that instead i just kill myself trying to see everything with really up close (laughs) with magnification (laughs) why do we do that i don't know well my thing is honestly sheer laziness (laughs) (laughs) well i guess that's better than yeah i wouldn't mind having the flashing light thing i think it would be helpful but it's also sort of less effort to just ignore the emergency sounds. <laughs> I'm thinking emergency sounds might be something <laughs> that you need to hear. They make them all so high pitched. I think most people who are hard of hearing can't hear high pitched things. Yeah. And then that's why you need to have the flashing lights. But then again, if you're sound asleep, how are you going to see a flashing light? I think you see a flashing light. When your, you're sound asleep? Through your eyelids. I would think so. Do you think so? It'd wake you up? I think I would wake up. If it was bright enough, right? It needs to be really bright. And yeah. You need to have it like really bright. Like bright a strobe light. A strobe light. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Or maybe like a disco ball. A, ooh, a disco ball. Yeah. That like idea. That, well, maybe that would be too soothing. It's kind of soothing, a disco ball. Anyway, I'll... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, you're going to do something to make sure that you're safe. Yeah, I'm glad I shared this story. 
because my intention was just that it was a funny story. It is funny. But then I realized that it has real world implications for if if there's a fire or carbon monoxide. Right? Yeah. So I might want to do something about it. Okay. Yeah, you might want to. It might have been a little sign <laughs> of, hey. Uh-huh. A little gentle nudge from the yeah. from the universe. Yeah. Like, yeah. probably a good idea. Oh, I'm going to write it down in my planner. Okay, write it down. To get Shrobe. <laughs> if it's on your list, maybe you'll do it. Uh, well, otherwise, I'll just forget. <laughs> Uh, I would. Strobe thing. Strobe thing. Okay. Strobe thing on the list. Yay. Yay. What have you been up to? I thought I could. I'm drinking my tea. I'm soothing me this morning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. So I'm taking a sip. Um, Here's what I do sometimes. Mm -hmm. I'll have like several good days in a row. And somehow my brain will think, hey, this Mm -hmm. is, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm doing really well. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to have some people over, not a mm-hmm. lot, you know, just the kids and some other friends, mm-hmm. not a lot of people just to do some barbecue and swimming. And, and I just thought oh, I'm just going to behave like a normal person. Like I'm not sick, you know? And I wonder why we do that or wonder why I wonder if other people do that too. It's like, everybody knows I'm sick, mm-hmm. but I put on this facade of appearing healthy. And so I push myself. I'm not paying, listening, you know? Not listening to your body. Yeah. I don't know. Part of me thinks, well, I have to do that every so often. It's just like we were talking about, you know, sometimes you want to eat cheese. I'm just like, I'm going to eat some cheese and I'm going to pay for it, right? You're going to eat the cheese of life. Yeah. I'm eating the cheese of life. And it's like, well, I'm going to do this, but I'll probably pay for it. Right. And of course I do. You know, I have been down for the count for several days now. Okay. But it was fun. And it was, we haven't been able to, well, in my world, the, the, everybody's all vaccinated. But, um, you know, so it's like safer for me now. And so we can get back a little bit to seeing our friends and family. Mm-hmm. So it was nice. Yeah. yeah. And it was fun. And everybody was laughing and having fun. And it's like, I want to laugh and have fun. Yeah. And, you know, and be around people. And, and yeah. And I, like I say, I had several good days in a row. So I was doing pretty well. And yeah. So it's like I sabotage myself. It's like, I'm doing good. So I'm going to do all oh. these things, you know, pretend like I can host, be a host like I used to. And it's like, you want to do those things and you want to live and you want to listen to your body. Yeah. But when you're looking back, are you feeling like it was worth it? Are you feeling like that you would do something like in between? I would maybe need to let go a little bit of being the perfect. Everything. (laughs) (laughs) The perfect everything. Yeah. You know, (laughs) let go of, uh, I mean, it pops in that identity that, um, you know, that role that Mm -hmm. I used to be able to be that I really. I can't be, but every so often I try to jump right back in there again, just test the waters and see. And then I think all the people around me, other than my husband, who's home with me all the time, you know, probably see me as like, she doesn't appear to be sick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't, cause, because I'm, you know, take Tylenol, I take, uh, you know, ibuprofen and Tylenol and I drink a little bit of 
green tea. I normally don't drink any caffeine ever because I don't have a good reaction to caffeine. But I drink a little green tea because it'll give me, you know, a little bit of energy. Yeah. And so I'm like 100% pushing through and enjoying myself. I am enjoying myself. People are probably like, huh, she doesn't. And I'm so good at masking my vision problems as well when I'm in my own home and my own environment. Yeah, as you know where everything is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, why do I do that? I don't know. It's weird. Like I, and I want my kids to not see me. I want them to think that I'm doing great. And I want, you know, like, I don't know. It's so weird that I do that. I don't know what it is. Well, it seems like it's a, for me too. Like if I see people, if I'm around people who I haven't seen in a long time yeah, and they know me with better hearing, I like for almost forget, I forget that I'd need different sorts of support in order to hear people in certain situations. And I forget that if it's somebody who knows a previous version of me. Yeah. I don't know. It's just so automatic. It is automatic, right? Back, back into that mode. Yeah. And um, I guess it's that thing, talk, you know, we had talked about asking for help and things. And it's like, I'm so bad about that still, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. I mean, I've always been, I can do it. I do it myself, you know, and it's like, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, when you've done that in like a superhero capacity for, yeah, for your whole whole life. Yeah, pretty much. It's hard to change it. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like for a little bit, like you say, it's like, I want to forget that I'm sick just for a little while, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I do, like if I really just, but then I have to remember the next day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the next day and the day after that and the day after that yeah. and the day after that. <laughs> yeah, so you're still feeling it. And nobody sees that except for my husband. He sees that part of me having to be in bed for several days in a row, you know, mm-hmm. because I can't do anything else because my body's like, what the hell did you do? <laughs> yeah. What are we, I was, it's like weird. I think it's just probably a lot of people maybe go through that or that live with um, fatigue and illness or whatever. Well, and it's so, there's no model for people talking about, like, I don't hear people talking about chronic illness no. in public very often, only on like podcasts that we seek out. I think there's just some comfort in listening to other people who are living with, I mean, I don't know anybody else that's chronically ill. Well, my girlfriend, she deals with some fatigue and things like that. She seems to do better than I do, but, um, and and nobody's going to understand anyway, right? It's not like like I'm going to try to explain chronic illness to somebody that... That takes energy, which is part of the issue. Right. It's like, I'm using all my energy to just be happy and not happy, but just try to be normal for a while. I'm using all my energy to do that, you know? Yeah, you'd probably rather use your energy to enjoy something than to explain chronic illness to everybody. Yeah, I don't need, yeah, I don't want to do that. I mean, if somebody asked me, I guess, but mm-hmm. most people don't ask and that's okay. It doesn't bother me. But mm-hmm. one of my friends had foot surgery and couldn't drive for four months. It was like the worst thing in the world. And she's driving now. She's been driving for like five days when she came and uh-huh. like, thank God, you know, she can drive again or whatever. And And I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get it. I know. I mean, it's, you had a little taste of what it's like to, mm-hmm. you know, not be able to get yourself from point A to point B. But mm-hmm. 
you're like, ah. <laughs> it's like, don't talk to me about it. I mean, really, seriously. I mean, I'm, I don't know what, the, where that comes from, but it's like, I want to hear about it. <laughs> did you say that? Oh, I, no, you, I wanted okay. to, but I didn't. You were saying, oh, well, that's a good segue for our topic today. Oh yeah, that's true. Right. <laughs> because I, yeah. I, yeah, I don't want to hurt people's feelings, but no. Yeah, because we're going to talk about our non-compliance. We're going to talk uh, about non-compliance. Because uh, this was several years ago, back when they still had paper files, dead doctor's offices. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything's computerized now, but this was back in the day when, you know, they grabbed the file out of the little cubby next to the door and come in, you know, and looking at it. And, mm-hmm. and I was, I kind of just glanced over at the paperwork and I see this big, huge red stamp <laughs> on my paper is a big, huge red stamp that said non-compliant. <laughs> I was like, like, what did I, what, what the hell? <laughs> like, what does that mean? <laughs> I, I mean, I wish I would have asked, but I didn't. Because back then it was like, I didn't listen to I guess apparently I was non-compliant, which, <laughs> which I kind of will take. I'm like, fine, that's great. I'm glad I'm non-compliant. But you don't know. Oh, you don't even know what it had to do with. No, I don't. I mean, maybe because, you know, they try to make me take certain medications and I'd be like, that makes me sick. I can't take that. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that was me being non-compliant, but it's like, dude, I don't <laughs> I, I was like, fine, I'm I'm happy to be non-compliant. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> Stamp it on my forehead if you want to. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were talking about, we talked about this a while ago and it just tickled me because <laughs> like, uh, it seems like from what I know about you that there is the perfect host person you were talking about. Yeah. Who like, you know, doesn't need anything get everything done and then the non-compliant part <laughs> that's, that's a big part of me too and, that, yeah. and I don't and I don't it's funny I must be very subtly non-compliant <laughs> that's like, yeah it must not be that obvious but it's obvious in certain situations enough it to, must, get, well, to yeah. earn the stamp <laughs> I mean I mean I'm just, it's like we're thinking about this we're thinking about like who the hell comes up with that stamp right it's like yeah, okay made that. this big red stamp I mean there were big huge letters for me to be able to see it, honestly. <laughs> there must have been really big letters. And then I'm like, who stamps that on there? Like, does the doctor walk out of the office and go, got a non-compliant over here, get me the stamp. Where, who's got the stamp? <laughs> or is there just one person whose job was to sit in the back and do the stamping? Were there other stamps too? Were there like favorite patient ever stamps? <laughs> yeah. And- Follows the rules, Sam. Rule follower. (laughs) Rule follower, Sam. Uh-huh. Isn't that crazy? I think it's just like, where did that come from? Is that? I mean, I think that story, it tickles me so much. And at the same time, it's very disturbing because (laughs) that seems like, I mean, we don't see the big red stamp in the back room, but there's so many ways that in our culture that, if you don't fit into the like mainstream able-bodied way of doing things that people are stamping us non-compliant in their heads all the time, probably. Probably. Yeah. Like, right. 
or just being more difficult or needing too much or whatever. Our very existence is non-compliant. And especially, (laughs) and I don't know, I don't think like especially, but doctors, you know, they think, well, you got to do what I say. I mean, you know what I mean? Do what I say. And it's like, I try to do what you say, but I mean, I have to have some say in what's happening. But yeah, I remember, oh God, that's still cracking me up thinking of somebody holding this non-compliant stamp and standing. (laughs) And it's like, do, do, do they now have like a little box on their computers that they can click? Non-compliant. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure you just check a box now. You just, you know, one click, one click and you're done. That person is labeled from then on. It probably goes to their dentist. It goes to their... <laughs> <laughs> it probably goes to all their specialists, doctors. They just immediately don't have to do anything. They just check the box and everyone knows about the non-compliant person. Yeah. We don't want that patient. Yeah. Keep moving. Yeah. Kind of scary. A little bit, I guess. I, I mean, I, I mean, now I don't care if I'm compliant or not at all. Right, that's the way to make it not scary. I didn't, because I mean, at one time I did. You know, I, I was like, well, wait a minute. I'm the perfect patient. What the F are you talking about? Well, like, yeah. I'm trying to be the perfect patient here, dude. And you're like, I'm not compliant. You literally stamped me. You stamped me. So, yeah. <sighs> it's so funny to me. Do you have any stories that are that can... Well, go along with this i have not earned the stamp yet so <laughs> that you know of yeah, that's true <laughs> i was gonna say it's good to have coals but maybe i do i probably do have that stamp somewhere i think i probably have that stamp because i'm thinking about going to audiologists and a few years ago i had a bake drop in my hearing i don't know why it's just a thing that happened mm-hmm because that's what happens. It just happens. That's what happens sometimes. And I went to go get my hearing aids turned up and I had been seeing the same audiologist for a while or to get him to get my hearing tested and see and tested my hearing. Yeah, you need your hearing aids turned up, especially in the speech range. That's just dropped significantly. And I'm like, I could tell it's hard to understand people. And yeah. she that makes the adjustments and then it's loud enough but there's this horrible, like, <laughs> so bad. Like I can do the tinnitus, like the ringing and multiple pitch ringing yeah. as I can handle that. But this buzzing, I could, I, like, I can't, I can't with the buzzing, no buzzing. Like I'd rather not hear. <laughs> and she said, well, unfortunately you've lost so much of your speech range. There's no way to correct for it without this buzzing. Really? And I was compliant. At first I was compliant and I got so depressed Uh for, I don't know, months. That might've been shorter than that. I'm not sure. I don't remember. So you had to hear, listen to the song continuously? Yeah. Yeah. I was compliant. That's why I was compliant. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess this is my life now. Like I'm having conversation. It was like, (laughs) no way. (laughs) Constant. No wonder you were depressed. That's I was depressed. terrible. I oh had to God. choose between that and taking my hearing aids off and then not being able to understand what people are saying. Yeah. Which I couldn't really anyway over the blessing. <laughs> yeah, um, right. How can you? Yeah. And so eventually I pulled myself out of my stupor and I was like, maybe I'll get a second opinion. And, then, you know, the telling the story, it also makes me think about 
having access to the resources to be able to get a second opinion and how privileged I am to even have the financial situation to do that. I know, yes. But I eventually did say, yeah, I had to go outside of my insurance to find, say, an HMO. Yeah. Find somebody. And then that person said the same thing as the first person. So he did some, mm-hmm. like, there's this horrible buzzing. And the previous audiologist said, that's all we can do. And he made some adjustments. Buzzing was still there. Let me go outside, going to walk outside. He's like, maybe it's just this, there's a sound in this room that's doing it. And I'm like, uh, I'm pretty sure this is a quiet, empty room with like some yeah. sound equipment in it. And it's like, it's actually an audiologist's office. So there's probably not a random sound in this room. Yeah, right, that's, yeah. That's going, ah. <laughs> um, and then outside, it's like, you still hear it outside. Yeah, I hear it everywhere because it's a mechanical thing. And he's like, that's, well, that's just how much hearing you've lost. That's what it's going to sound like. So depression, it's worse. Yeah. And like my life is going to be very much more uncomfortable mm-hmm. than I was hoping for now. It's trying to navigate. And then, oh, I think I do. This was like a year long process to get to a place that was okay. Mm-hmm. I eventually went back to my, I have Kaiser. So I went back to my insurance. It was like this long, went through my insurance, it was long wait list to get back into the audiologist. It, New audiologist at Kaiser refitted for hearing aids. They get to that appointment. I love the audiologist who I met oh. with that that one. Uh-huh. Very helpful. She's like, there's all sorts of things you can do. That's not true. You don't have to deal with that. And then I was like, okay, let's get my new hearing aids. And she was like, oh, you went through Kaiser. This is a consultation appointment. There's a three-month wait list to get fitted for hearing aids. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, I want that non-compliance stamp. I, <laughs> yeah. Because I, I want to start just like breaking your furniture. And it's yeah. not you actually really like you, but I want to break somebody's furniture. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and that Absolutely. would get me stamp and maybe like a restraining order. But <laughs> which is big overshoot. That's overshooting. Restraining order. That's overshooting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, that is quite the story. So I feel like getting more opinions, like getting more opinions. Yeah. There was a part of me that felt non-compliant. Like I'm not doing what I was told that I'm screwed and I'm not, act, I'm not behaving screwed now. I know, but thank God you did. Uh, I mean, that's amazing, right? Eventually got the new hearing aids. Oh, so that person referred me to someone she knows. I was like, is there somebody who practices the way that you practice, but who can see me sooner? Yeah. I'll pay out of pocket for it. I like need, I need this. I wanted to go. Yeah. And she referred me to someone who's so good. Who's like my ongoing audiologist now. She gave me, she changed this. I don't know what she did. She did something to make it so that the volume increased gradually over time in my hearing aid. So that there's something about if you do it all at once, it's, like your brain can't adjust that fast. And that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But there also was a mechanical buzzing and she got rid of it somehow. That just gives me goosebumps because I think <sighs> if you hadn't been non-compliant and said, you know what, I'm going to not trust your opinion 100%. And then you even went to another one. That's amazing. I mean, really, it does. It gives me goosebumps. It freaks me out because yeah. it literally changed your life. 
Oh, yeah. And now I was thinking about in our last two episodes that we recorded, Mm -hmm. I was talking about being able to talk about my hearing in a way that's like, yeah, this is just how it is because it's not so uncomfortable. Like, yeah, I, you know, I miss a lot of things in a lot of uh, certain contexts, but that's mm-hmm. totally workable now. Because you've learned how to do that. Because it, and there's no buzzing. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know how you don't even go insane. I was that. going insane. I was going insane. Yeah. Like, I I'm would not, lose it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not going to be doing things anymore. Yeah, right. Talking, You're ho- talking to humans. No more talking. Yeah. Listening. No TV, no anything. Well, maybe with captions without the hearing aids and that would be fine. Then you could do that. Yeah. But you knew it was possible to hear more yet. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So being non-compliant, I guess that just we need to just not listen to everything that the doctors say. Yep. That moral of story. <laughs> and the non-compliant yeah. is like a badge of honor to wear. Oh. Because... <laughs> It's a badge of honor now. Like I'm non-compliant. I and what it is is you're taking your own power. You're not giving your power away to somebody else. You're mm-hmm. listening to your intuition, mm-hmm. and you're going, "I can't do this." I remember doing that many times with doctors. You know, they're like, "You have to." You know, uh, I remember when I was just a kid. You know, and and I was going to a teaching hospital on top of everything. So, and my disease was rare. So the doctors would ask, can I bring in my students? Oh. Yeah. And I was just a kid. This is all new to me. I mean, I was just perfectly healthy up until... You were were 19, right? Yeah. And so I was perfectly healthy up until that happened, you know, so I wasn't used to... You're just overwhelmed. And of course, I agreed thinking... Well, they got to learn, you know, they need to learn. So, yeah. And that party that wants everyone else to be. Yeah. Get what they need. Yep. And I think, oh man, if I would have been non-compliant, then I wish I would have been. Oh, what would you have done? I would have said no. Because I was treated like um, I wasn't alive. (laughs) Oh my God. You know, you can just imagine it's a teaching hospital. So they're, all uh, ophthalmology students, I imagine, or retina specialist, uh, retina specialist students, and I would have to sit there while they're looking through the scope at my eye, and then they would have double scopes, so a student would be able to stand next to the my actual doctor and look at the same time. And I would sit there for long periods of time while he had six to eight people looking at my eye, and he was describing to them what they were looking at and, and I think I look back at that now and I think oh my god <laughs> so invasive and just I mean it wasn't yeah yeah and I had them and I would say well these steroids are making me really sick that was this teaching thing was terrible I have horror stories but I'm not going to tell them right now <laughs> oh, wow. um but I did I, I've had doctors yell at me because I said, I can't take the steroids. They make me so sick. And I had this doctor because I was 19, right? And the steroids I gained, like made me gain so much weight and my Mm -hmm. face was big and round and it ruined my skin. Like my skin was just everything. Mm -hmm. I was trying to cope with, you know, losing the eyesight and all this stuff happening. And also all of a sudden my body is completely changing from the massive 
doses of steroids they're giving me. And this doctor's, I said, I don't want to take the steroids. He's like, you just be glad that, that we have steroids. Because if we didn't oh, have steroids, yeah. you would be, they used to put leeches on your, they used to use leeches. <laughs> I, I, now I swear to God right now, I'd be like, bring on the fucking yeah, You're like, you know what? That sounds pretty good. <laughs> I'll name them. I don't care. <laughs> you wouldn't name them, wouldn't you? I don't. I don't. You're like, those uh, are the big creatures. I'm going to name the leeches. Bring on the leeches. <laughs> but I didn't. You know, I would, like I say, it was just like, I thought if they were authority figures to me, you know, so, but I wish I was not compliant. <laughs> oh, you made me laugh, cry. I know. <laughs> Crazy though, isn't it? That's so crazy. What I guess we doctors do. I guess we should do the disclaimer that this is not medical advice. This show, we are not physicians. Nothing we say on this show is medical. We're not telling you not <laughs> right. to listen to your doctor. No, we're not telling you that. No. Yeah. But but no, listen to your listen to your gut though. Listen to your gut. Yeah. yeah. Listen to your intuition. Mm-hmm. And like if you didn't listen to yours, you wouldn't have found uh and that's the same. Like I went against my intuition, you know? So, yeah. And I, it's not like I have, didn't listen to my doctors. I did. And I had to, I mean, in certain situations, you know, mm-hmm. I had yeah. to, to, if I wanted to save my vision, I had to, you know, so. Yeah. That, but, yeah. But it is, it's a balance of, it's a major system that is set up in a way that doctors don't have time and space to really listen in the way that we have a lot of time and space to listen to our own selves. Yeah, true. That's good. I like that. Right. They don't have, and it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. Just it is, it's the way the system is set up and they don't have time to they, yeah. listen. If, if they have 10 minutes and steroids, yeah. and that's those are the only two tools they have is their 10 minutes and their steroids. Yep. And you're like, no, <laughs> then that makes them have no other options. Right. And, and sometimes they don't like that very much. No, but they don't. Because they want to fix and move on, you know. Fix or, and move on. Or, and I mean, I don't know if you had this happen with your doctors where they don't, like, they can't help you anymore. And they don't, I don't know if your doctors did this or not, but in the eye doctor world, in the, you know, mm-hmm. retina, retina specialist, glaucoma specialist. I remember the day when my glaucoma specialist, he's like, there's nothing more I can do for you. You're so young. Those were his words to me. What? There's nothing more I can do for you. You're so young. Mm-hmm. Meaning I not getting your vision is not coming back. Um, and that was my right eye. That was my good eye. So they were trying to save my good eye. Like I say, I had, I've had multiple surgeries on both eyes, but I was having multiple surgeries on my right eye trying to save it. And he tried tried many different things and he finally was like, Sherry, this is it. There's nothing more I can do. You're so young. Was he adding that you're so young to try to like this? It's upsetting. That I think so. Okay. I think he was trying, trying to empathize. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Because I mean, this, you know, it was years of seeing him. Sometimes I would see him, you know, six days a week. I've seen mm. seeing him. So it's not like he didn't see me, but he's still, you know, he's, He's a surgeon and, but I think he was saying, you're so young. Just, I think you're right. Like he was saying, I'm sorry. You're so young. Yeah. Yeah. To hear there's nothing, there's nothing more I can do. Right. Yeah. 
none of them have done that. I think they see that as a failure somehow in their mind. They fail. Uh Yeah. And they don't have anything like at that point, you would think he'd say, okay, I can't help you anymore, but here's where you could go to get some support. Yeah. Or something like they they would tell you something. They tell you you nothing. People Mm -hmm. you can talk to who have similar things Mm -hmm. or something. I asked my retina specialist. Because I saw them both, you know, all the time at the same time, uh, glaucoma and and retina. And uh, I distinctly remember sitting there in his office and I said, "Um, would you, can you recommend a support group? Do you know any support groups that I could, because I, whatever. And he's like, you know, I don't know any, but you should start one. What? You're like, (laughs) (laughs) because you have like so much extra resources like so much extra emotional resource right now to figure out how to start a fucking (laughs) sorry i know right isn't it just annoying isn't that just unbelievable yeah i know not cool and i'm thinking well i'm asking because i need support i I need support and you're like, do you know how not easy it is for me to ask for support? It was. It was so hard for me to say those words even. And they don't often, they don't say, oh, mate, you need to go see a low vision specialist now. Here's a low vision specialist. Nothing. I had to find all, everything. You had to figure it out by yourself. And I didn't. I wasn't in the, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. And no, how would you know? Yeah, right. I guess. How did you figure it out? Did you end up getting to the, all the specialists somehow? No, it took me a long time to even realize that. I don't know. I just, like I told you, I just kept going going. and going. It was crazy. I mean, it's just crazy. Well, I mean, if you think about that, the stories that you're telling about, you know, the doctor being like, this is what, this is all we can do. There's nothing else to be done. There is no support group. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) What? What are you? And like, what are you supposed to do? I guess you have to act like it's not happening. I think that, yeah, right. I mean, because, oh my goodness gracious. But yeah, over time, I can't remember what it was. I think I found something. I think I was just started doing searching and for things online, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, I think I found another person with, I think I found some kind of support group online or something. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And they said, oh, you can go, there's places you can go to, and they'll come and help you. So, but I was in extreme denial. Oh oh my God. I was in such denial. (laughs) For a long time. Uh, Yeah. 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 And and, and stopping driving. Oh my gosh. It's like, I knew that uh, when I was having to ask my kids what color the (laughs) stoplights are. Oh, that that was I'm the like, point. I'm like, this is not good. I can't be. This is bad. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Or if if there's cars coming, or you know, because it's just like it's so hard to get to that point where you say, oh, I I can't. I have to stop. Yeah, yeah. And did your kids say something about it, or did you? No, um, I stopped myself. You stopped yourself. Yeah, um, yeah. I just knew it was like. This isn't okay. Yeah. This is dangerous. <laughs> this is a dangerous thing. You're going to get stopped somehow one way or another at that point. Yeah. 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 That's so. it. That's, yeah. That's such a devastating. I can't imagine. Yeah. I think it's probably similar. Like you said, you went into a depression thinking, well, this is what I ha- have for the rest of yeah. my life now. 
Yeah. You know, and they're like, and you have people telling you, well, this is, yep, this is it. This is all you got. Yeah, that's it. It's, yeah, it's like, what? Or or, or the doctor's saying, well, maybe it's the noise in the room. It's like, (laughs) listen to what I'm saying. I think I, I think I know I'm not, yeah, I think I know whether it's a sound in the room or not. You know, I mean, it's like, come on. Yeah. And why don't you hear the sound if there's a sound in the room? Exactly. So, but it's just, but it is, it's just like, they're okay. This is it. This, that's it. This is how things, oh, they're, what they're saying is like, this is how things are. Mm-hmm. Like, this is reality. This is your reality. Yeah. And I know what the driving thing that doesn't sound like, it sounds like that was just coming from yourself. Like this is. This yeah, is nobody, I ended up going to a low vision specialist. Mm-hmm. Eventually I figured out there was a, such a thing. I never didn't even know there was a such thing. And then they can help with magnification things and showing you how to use, you know, magnification and things like mm-hmm. that. But when I went there, they sent to the DMV, even though I wasn't driving anymore, they send uh, paperwork to the DMV, letting them know that oh. I'm not allowed to drive, oh, really? which, which is fine. I mean, they work with a lot of older folks uh-huh. so it's rare that they work with somebody they're in their early 40s you know and uh she's like yeah <laughs> she's the doctor or the, yeah she's like see those big yellow concrete posts outside of in the parking lot outside of the store or of the office I'm like yeah because it's like a storefront it's all glass storefront and uh I'm like yeah she goes those are there because one of my patients drove through the building <laughs> oh <laughs> okay. <laughs> so a lot of the older the older folks uh-huh, they will yeah. not give it up and they don't realize yeah. because theirs was so gradual. So gradual. Time. Yeah, that would be really different, huh? And they don't realize that they shouldn't be driving. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's just something they deal with on a regular basis. Like, uh no, we're you can't drive anymore. They're used to taking people's driving privileges away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sherry, (laughs) um, it seems like we could talk about all these different experiences with doctors and getting our non-compliant badge. Yeah. We could probably talk about this for days. We really could. Yeah. I think we're probably running low on time, but it would, I wish we could keep talking about it. Yeah. I was saying to say and energy, but maybe now now we can uh, go into your guided breathing for us yeah so maybe we can do our three breaths before we wrap up today yeah so taking a moment to get settled and just checking in with your body to notice if there are any areas calling for a little bit of extra love and attention right now it might be a part of the body that feels a little bit of pain it might be a part of the body that feels heavy or tired. Maybe don't focus on something that's overwhelming, like a big discomfort, but just something that's just getting your attention a little bit, if that's possible. Maybe it's turning your attention to your heart or your belly, or it could be an arm, a leg. It doesn't really matter, but choosing an area to focus on. And we're going to do three breaths that are about sending a little bit of extra love and appreciation to this area of your body. So on the inhale, breathing into this area of your body, light 
love, support, clear, clean air. And on the exhale, releasing from that area of your body any extra tension or burden it's holding that it's it can let go of. So breathing in, nourishing and supporting that part of you and breathing out, releasing and letting go. And we'll do that two more times in silence. Thank you for showing up with us today. Yes, thank you. And thank you, Sherry, for talking and sharing your non-compliant badass self. (laughs) Same to you. (laughs) See you soon. In a couple weeks. Okay, bye. Bye.